This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Suzanne. Did I throw I knew that for your I was, curve, did it? I did. I was like, I have the giggles, and I think I can push through. And then I was like, nope. Nope, it just lost Solid it. No. Yep, okay. just lost that. I'm sorry about that. Okay, I'm, that was very unprofessional. All right. I know. I don't have my shoes. <laughs> okay, let's try that. Okay, oh, better. Kind of we're recording. Okay. <clears throat> hey, Suzanne. Hey, Ruben. How you doing? I'm doing really well. Been on the road a lot lately, oh. but good to see you in person. I know. where You've been all over. Right. I, do, I do feel like there should be a song about like San Diego, Chicago. That there actually, is. A, there's it, probably so. a lot of songs. Is there, that where you? Is that where you were? <laughs> but it was for a long time. Yeah. Oh well, welcome home. Thank you. I missed you. I know I missed you too. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh well, we have a fun, fun couple shows coming up. We I'm do. Very excited. This and, is true. And today, um, I invited a photographer who I met a number of years ago at a film, no, what was it, at PhotoFest, uh, Rachel Dunville. Awesome. And, uh, Rachel, this is Suzanne. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Suzanne. <laughs> nice to meet, to meet you. <laughs> um, Rachel, where are you today? Today I am in Springfield, Missouri, which is my home base, and tomorrow I'm leaving for New York City. You guys are both very mobile. <laughs> I mean, Rachel, you actually, like, part of your defining ethos is this sort of um, mobility thing. Is that is that right? It's absolutely right. I think I've always felt, like, movement in the world, movement in my body, and just being out in space and enjoying new, yeah, new places, new activities. It's, I love variety, and it, it just really feeds my soul to kind of be, be in the flow. And I don't really always have a plan. I've definitely made my career become very mobile and very, uh, yeah, very friendly to, uh, to movement and to travel. I love it. My life is, it's an adventure. Well, and I think (laughs) what you see in your work too, is actually just this variety of people and subjects and uh, you almost read into each one, these like really interesting stories. There's a fluidity and, um, yeah, just uh, just so many different things that you're touching. Let's, hold on. I want to back up for just a second because yeah. I think uh, people have to visualize you and your work before yeah. we kind of get too deep in here. I, w- the, the photographs that I saw of yours in Houston that caught me were a series of photographs of the same woman over a mm-hmm. huge period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you know which one I'm talking about, right? Of course, yes. Yeah. Carolyn. Carolyn, yes. What is can and your photographs are simple. So I mean, they're they're portraits. I would say and incredibly intimate. And my presumption is, are, are all these people people you're super close with, or do you just create that intimacy when you meet meet new subjects? Tell us a little bit about your work and uh, about the Carolyn Project in particular. I'm, I'm just curious, you know. 
Sure, sure. No, I, lo- I love the question and I love I love the open end of the question because I can say a lot. So just cut me off when you need me to. But, um, <laughs> this is a long show. I think, oh. <laughs> <laughs> great. I always have a lot to say. So okay. I think that, um, you know, I think one of the first things you said is, uh, are these people, people I know or have known a long time? And, you know, I, everyone that we meet that we are intimate with, there's that moment when we first meet and intimacy is something that is always created. Um, I think by really stopping and paying attention by really truly seeing a person Mm -hmm. and seeing them in this place where you're, it's like a gift of mine. And I think I, I actually teach people how to have this, bring this gift out in themselves is how to really see that plugged in, turned on self within the person who is sitting or standing in front of you. And I think that that is really comes down to being in the nature of being a lover, a person who loves to love or loves lovers and sees from that space of of unconditional love, that there is just such a remarkable essence to each one of us that I find to be really intriguing and exciting. And ever since I was a little kid, I think that 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 gift of being able to see people in that way has been such an intriguing part of me. So I think as a young young girl and a person who always identified as an artist, I thought, you know, can I capture that? How can I document that? And it became obsessive for me to document that with words or with photographs or with any art, drawing, any techniques or methods in every single medium I possibly could with cooking, with how you feed or spend time or spend time in in silence with a person. It all became this sort of way that I wanted to just really have people feel safe and feel myself um, being seen as well as deeply seeing that person. And so I think when that all comes down, it's like relationships and connection and intimacy and storytelling are all part of what drives me to even pick up a camera. You know, the camera becomes this awesome permission slip for me to watch, um, and, and feel that attraction to someone. Yes. I I think of it, uh, I've often described that as a a privileged intimacy. Like when someone Mm -hmm. lets you in to see them, um, mm. you know, I, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say maybe that a photograph steals your soul, but it definitely is a special, like someone is letting you do something. I love Rachel's mm-hmm. phrase of a permission slip. I thought that was really poetic and telling. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. I, I think that that, well, and most people are quite uncomfortable being seen and, <laughs> and certainly in being photographed. I mean, I, I absolutely am ironically, and also not ironically, because a lot of photographers, I think, feel this way if I may speak for a, for a whole section of people. <laughs> I just, I'm really, really uncomfortable in front of the camera. Right, and I get better behind. and I love yeah. to practice it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's why we're behind there. <laughs> um, but I think that going um, like long-winded answer to your question, I meet people and there is a sense of intimacy. And then I love to, and it, they're strangers in essence, but uh, you know, the saying, that my mom has used on me forever. I've never met a stranger and everyone is brethren at some point. And I feel so connected just because, because of love. I mean, it's cheesy as it sounds, it's absolutely who I am. 
and I'm unapologetic about it. But because of that, then I also really love single subject and obsession and watching people over time. And so, um, Carolyn is not my first person who I, I mean, deeply studied and obsessed over, but she is the person who I made this extensive photo project about that with. It's been 15 years that I've been photographing her. She was just a person that I met in grad school on the first day of orientation and I found her intriguing. And then we just kind of, we developed a friendship, but the friendship um, really became something where I was in almost outside of the friendship, looking at this person, thinking she was so different. And so, so we had a lot of similarities and yet there was something so intriguing and enigmatic about her. And so 15 years later, we're still making art together. And, um, and that project has become something that is very, very dear to certainly our relationship, but, but it is a, it is a giant, you remember, it's a giant scope. I mean, I'm a very, very prolific photographer Mm-hmm. Um, although, you know, not, I don't think most people have ever seen most of what I've created because I'm also kind of keep it all tucked away. <laughs> what are, what are Carolyn's thoughts on these photos? Cause the way that you described them, um, kind of in the brief, which I thought was really interesting was even this sense of void at times. What are her thoughts on these photographs? Oh, she, I mean, she, one of the things that I love the most about her that intrigued me from the beginning is that she, she does love to be, um, seen. And like I said, and I heard Ruben agree, it's most people don't love to be seen like that and seen intimately. And most people don't openly allow, um, especially someone who they don't know very well to just come on in and invite them into the most intimate spaces. And, you know, she's very active, um, self-portraitist, which is she's interesting. An because she's an artist she, also. Is, yeah, I remember exactly. seeing her work at, mm-hmm. also at Photo She was at PhotoFest, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were there together. But Made for great conversations. She was on her, uh-huh. the, the model of this sequence was also there as a photographer for her own stuff. That's I find that a little unusual. We've, we had had other photographer models on the show, and I find that, I guess I'm always surprised that someone who is a photographer also is okay being photographed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is different. And I think that, you know, she, from that perspective, it's something where, um, both of us were about 21 when we met and I, I saw this person who owned herself and her body and her, um, her self image and body image in a way that I did not relate to at all at that age. And, found, um, even just the way that she loved to look at herself in the mirror and kind of be in this place that seemed like vanity in a way that made me uncomfortable became this thing where I thought, wow, what a presence, you know, what is this? What's what, how, how come I don't feel that way? And how come she does? And we're both beautiful people and, you know, loving and friendly and happy and, you know, so interesting. That was some of my first intrigue, but then there was also this way um, that she continued to just let me in and see the pain and see the, um, the transitions and, and grieving and, uh, disappointments as well as moments where she was really, you know, um, proud of herself or hot on a moment and or aroused or excited. And it, I mean, it was our birth of children and everything. I mean, it's, it's her really, li- it's really remarkable. Her life is such a different path than yours has been. Like, I mean, just learning about it through your pictures of her, I mean, 
and what I kind of understand of where what your career path has been. And here you start, you met at this common moment in, in your youth and incredibly different lives, lives, and still, I guess you're close outside of the pictures or do you let the pictures be, are they, is that the, really the backbone of your relationship or have you developed a friendship? Oh yeah, a little, it can, it can, it can be woven our story either way, but we absolutely, pardon me, we absolutely have, um, a deep friendship, a, a deep, deep love for each other and, and with our families. And yeah, I mean, it, it definitely started off as a casual school friendship where we, we lined up in, in being, you know, just wanting to be excellent students and do great in grad school. And here we were like the youngest people in our class, just sort of like tidying our outfits, being like ready for school and this really <laughs> cute attitude. And then like it launched into this really deep, yeah, really deep emotional friendship. And we've traveled the world together. I've been part of so many of her family's events and, and very close with her, with her, all of her family and her immediate family and extended family. So, and I think, you know, it goes to all these wonderful artists before me, um, who've done single subject works, you know, and Larry Clark with, uh, the Los Angeles project with Jonathan Velasquez or Harry Callahan with his wife or Nick Nixon with those sisters. Uh And I mean, even Irving Penn did this beautiful book, um, about the dancer. I forgot her name. I should know that, but phenomenal, beautiful portraits, uh, Dwayne Michaels. I mean, I can go on and on. It just, I collect and love, love, love people who obsess and watch people over time or even a short period of time of four or five months. And like I said, Carolyn was not my first and it's through writing, painting, drawing that I've done that with other people, but Carolyn's very extensive. I think about that. I mean, remember a lot of the people who are our audience for this show are not fine artists. They're not professional photographers. They're people with camera phones, right? And mm. one of the the things that's beautiful in your work and also in Nicholas Nixon's work and these these long stories is that people can do this in their own life. Like it, it doesn't have to be an exploration of a stranger and developing this intimacy. We, if you're a beginner, you've got this intimate relationship with your friends or your family, but to take a sort of step back and have a dispassionate look at them and photograph them because you have an opportunity to do this over time. You can photograph. I have these series of pictures of my kids Everyone has pictures of their family over, and I've, of course, been photographing them for 20 years. But to take it from a snapshot and just step back a little bit further of just childhood or these people that you're just watching their experience. And uh, I'm not Nicholas Nixon, but I like to feel like the same subjects keep showing up over and over, (laughs) you know. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. Um, It's just it's it's cool as an amateur to look at artists and photojournalists who cover something over time and look at the way when the subject is the same and time is the variable, how much you can do. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I think also it's really neat. I mean, I'm an iPhone user, so when you say that, I actually a lot of the project or, um, a whole section of work with Carolyn has actually been shot on the phone as well, because we are in smaller moments or, um, and the, and the iPhone was, uh, when I first started photographing her, 
I was still using film and I was shooting with a twin lens Rolly. And then I went to a Hasselblad over time. And then eventually we got our first um, digital camera and we went traveling in Italy together. And so that was the first time I'd ever even used a digital camera. And then we got a bigger one. And then, and I say we, cause we both were always kind of buying cameras and, and experimenting and doing this. And then the first iPhone, um, she bought me for, uh, as a gift and it was a really fun gift to have and to, to have this, to have this with me all the time. And so I also think it's interesting from the perspective of what you just said, um, in the everyday life, you know, I love at the end of the day, I take so many pictures. I think I looked the other day, I have 94,000 on the current phone that I have. Wow. Um, and I, what I do though, in my practice in the everyday is I, I shoot so much every day of just every, all kinds of things. And I don't look back. And then when I get in bed at the end of the night or sometime at the end of the day to sit down and just sort of flip through and see what I, what I shot throughout the day. Cause I kind of, I forget I'm so in the moment and then I'm into the next moment next to relive that it's to me, it's having the discipline like I used to with film. Um, and like, I still love to create these moments that's sacred where there's separation between the shooting and the looking. And so sometimes it's that night, sometimes it's the next night, but then I also take that a step further and I'm obsessive about the, the albums and the folders, if you will, on, on the iPhone in the photo app. So to, to select them. And if I photographed one person over and over again, it's, it's the equivalent of making a hashtag on Instagram, which I also am like really into making my own hashtags and having these little folders little buckets that I put collective images in that, you know, may or may not be completely unique. I tried to make them completely unique because I like my, my little selection, but it becomes this yeah. fun way to edit. And so if it's a bunch of pictures of this one person, let's say my dad, my dad, when he walks in the door, first thing he does is immediately hit the deck with my dog and like lays on the ground with her. And it <laughs> happens every single time he comes over and I, I just can't help but photograph it. It's such a funny moment. And he starts barking at the dog and, and being a dog with my dog. And, and over like that picture is so insignificant and whatever, it doesn't make it onto anything that I would share or think is significant. However, because I put that into a folder of this moment where I start noticing that I've done this multiple times in a row to see now on my phone, this collection of 50 different outfits 50 times, 50 different faces of my dog, the position of their bodies becomes this really beautiful little grid. It's just satisfying. I mean, I don't do that for anything except that it just satisfies the hell out of me in that moment to just enjoy this little visual grid, this treat of a, this moment that has happened. What a great use of hashtags. Oh my God. But, but also I, what I love is something that Ruben and I were talking about earlier is when some of the photos sort of start to look the same, but actually playing into that or like leaning into that and sort of starting to see the cumulative artwork of all those pictures mm -hmm. ne next to each other to tell that story, which is a different one. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that description of like your dad lying on the ground with his, with your dog and, uh, <laughs> pretending to be a dog and sort of like, this is a repeated behavior. This is part of his personality that would be sort of so small that no one but a truly intimate right. person in mm -hmm. his life would even be aware of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love the idea that, I mean, so much of hashtagging, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really on the edge of liking and hating Instagram. It has uses and, and things I don't like. But 
so much of hashtagging is to get your pictures discovered. And it's interesting to me to use hashtags as a kind of private way to organize your pictures in public and that you try to come up with a tag that no one's using so that this is unique for your set of pictures of your dad with the dog. It wouldn't just be dad with dog because everyone might use that. You have to be creative, right? Rachel, it reminds me, I think a lot of my photography um, as trick-or-treating, that you you go out with your bag into the world and you you stop and you collect stuff and you're sort of not too discerning. You collect whatever you can can and then you go home and you dump it all out on the table and you have this completely <laughs> separate experience of fishing through it and finding the yummy ones and chucking them out. And that's what it's like, right? I mean, that's the fun part. For I me, that's the that. fun. So Get rid fun. of the smarties. Love, love that. <laughs> Give someone else the the, yeah. the bit of honeys, right? And just chuck no, bit of like honey. That. I love bit of honey. Oh no, really? Yeah, I'll oh. take your bit of honey. Okay. You can it's have my smarties. Very symbiotic <laughs> thing we've got going here. I, I have a question for Rachel. Actually, is you. It's one of the things that I personally struggle with is that moment of when to get my phone out, when to get my camera out. And you seem very gifted at recognizing those moments. Could you share or describe what that moment feels like, how you know to, to do that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think I don't ever really put it away. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty easy answer, but, but that's with my, my cell phone because I, I really am always at the ready. It feels like this little quick trigger to get it open and, um, and, and I don't know, I have a moment with, uh, of creation with whatever's in front of me, you know? And I think that that really is part of the co-creative process. It's an extension of my arm. And I think when I was shooting, um, with a bigger camera or, you know, or even with film and it is a much more, um, intense object. It's something that's, um, very recognizable and people are very much more aware where, um, where our phones are so discreet. But I think even with that, there's an intentionality to my more formal work. And I, I really do love formalities and I love the, the asking of someone, I would like, I would like to have this moment with you, you know, mm -hmm. and there's, there's a, um, going back to the word permission or just a consent or a moment where I say, like, I want to, I want to study you. I want to look at you. I want to be with you that, that is vulnerable for me to say, like, there's something about you that I really want to witness deeper. And will you share this moment with me? Even if it's a complete stranger, you know, I mean, I was, tra I travel a lot and, um, and I'm alone a lot. So I'm solo traveling and to walk up to, you know, somebody has something intriguing, let's say a red hat and red shoes. And I think, Oh, there's this beautiful composition starting to happen. Ooh, this train back here, the mountains, wow, I'm going to go, like, I can't not say something. The, the biggest pain in the, my heart is the moments that I didn't go ask that person. You know, that regret is so much more uncomfortable to me than this super awkward human exchange of, hey, I want to take your picture. And when I have a big camera, it's, um, it's somehow, even now, will will allow that person to say yes a little easier. You seem trustworthy. Whereas when I just have a you know, phone. It's like legit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, I'm pretty friendly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah, when it's just my phone, which I also do um, unabashedly, I'm like, 
Hey, I just want to take this. I was, I don't say like, I swear I'm a professional or I swear I'm, you know, not a creep. I am a creep and I am not sorry. And like, I love to look at people. And I think that that goes back even to just, just being an artist overall. And that goes for all of us. I'm not special. Everyone has the uh, capacity to really tune in to the way light hits a person's face or the way that it moves across a body and the different ways that we can just truly just stop and be in that moment. And why staring is so one of those things where you, when you just can't look away from someone, if they're attractive or they're just intriguing, you know, and I remember being, being young and going on a date with someone special and it's so attractive and, oh my gosh, you know, it's just the perfect specimen of a young man. And we went bowling and it was like, at the end of that date, I thought, well, I don't really want, I don't, it was, it was satisfying enough. Just it's the same being with him in person as it is looking at a photo of him. That's still, because he always looked the same. And the most interesting people are the people who are constantly changing where they're the shape of their face or the way the light hits them here. And then they turn slightly and there's all these nuances and not to say that it wasn't nuances with him as well, but people are just so fascinating. And when you mix people with light, which is the ultimate element, I mean, that is the subject mm-hmm. of every photograph after all, that there's something so phenomenal and so exciting that it feels I'm also a, f- a person who loves to fish. And like, it's that anticipate you never quite know what's going to happen next. And so just going back to your question, Suzanne, that to be in those moments, to curate them and ask permission and set up a moment to happen is very exciting. Like fishing, you have to put your line in the water. <laughs> There's, you're setting up a moment for that, but then you don't quite know exactly how that's going to go. And you just keep shooting or collecting candy, as Ruben just said. And exactly. I think that is so exciting because there's, there's never anything unsatisfying about that for me. Not catching a fish is still a very satisfying experience because what I had is an exchange with a person. We shared something. We watched each other. There was an appreciation. There's always some sort of hug or exchange. And I am in touch with some beautiful humans. I don't have a lot of followers on my social media, but every one of those people I've, I've, I've hugged or connected with in some way. And that, mm. you know, for what that's worth, that means something to me, you know? So I, feel I love, like this I love is Instagram a really, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> for, I feel like this is a really good transition actually to some of your other work, the Show Me State project, where mm-hmm. you do you see these connections that you've had. Can you describe some of those experiences, maybe even some of the experiences that you walked up to someone with a iPhone? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and most of the show me state, well, all of the show me state photos are, were not made with an iPhone. Those are made in okay. formal connections with people, but informal that started off as my thesis from grad school at school of visual arts and continued. And I still continue to shoot that project. And it's, it's special to me because they're all made in my home state of Missouri. Most of them made in the Ozarks in the Southwest Missouri state uh, area. And so that's, um, that's where the name comes from. Mm-hmm. Originally it being people that I just knew, or again, thought were intriguing. Some of them, most of those people started off being people that I knew or ran into or thought were interesting. And then I would be just at Kinko's, um, making <laughs> copies and there would be a man with, you know, some crazy, short cut off jean shorts and an interesting tank top and black socks. And I was like, I can't tell if I'm like attracted to you or I just need to photograph you. I don't know what, don't know what I'm feeling, but I'm interested in 
this outfit and like this, what, what are you, what are you making copies of? Like, I want to go talk to that person and then to have this moment to say, Hey, you know, can I, may I, what are you doing? May I make your photo and let's go drive to a random field. And, you know, it just like these moments, especially, especially at the time when I was, um, you know, it's often summertime. I think that I shoot that project more and I'm in no hurry. You know, there's, there's, life is long. And if my purpose is to just, you know, get out in the art world and which I've had, I've had lots of that too, and, and do this thing and I need to make a book. I mean, that would be so much less interesting than this sort of meandering way that I tend to live my life. I own several different companies. I, I, I love to let photography be part of everything that I do. It is in my everyday. I am an artist after all, but those moments to, to go get, go find someone and go, um, play with them or call someone up or have formal. I have like yearly summerly appointments with people that I just love to photograph as their kids get older, as they age or change. And it's all part of that project under the, under the context of the location. It's interesting. I also grew up, you know, taking pictures and my parents urged me not to pursue it as a career. They thought that would make it into a job and just encouraged me to take pictures of my life like to mm. to make it a, a something you weave into the fabric of your of your growing and experiencing the world and not turn it into a job in some way it's hard it just changes it it's hard to support yourself as an artist uh, photographer and so a, a lot of us who do that have a some other kind of career you have a lot of careers you have a lot of things you're doing i'm always surprised that photography for you is just one facet of the of the way you look at the world and you've you know I'm familiar with that because we met in that context but you have a can you say a little more about the rest of the way you look at the world and spend your life yeah I mean I think it's interesting because I used to hold photography in this little department and then I had this other department that I'll talk about in a minute and this other place and I've learned over time that it's it's I'm the common denominator of all of these things and the con- common denominator in all those things is indeed connection and relationship and intimacy and storytelling. So, you know, we come back to those words as a writer, as someone who teaches dance and movement to adults, um, that is all about self-esteem, self-empowerment to close your eyes and connect into intimacy, to sensuality. And then, you know, that's taken and that's something I've done for 10 years and this beautiful business called Arosha and Arosha has even branched off into something even greater that's gone um, into a global sense where I, I am a coach of intimacy and intimacy being defined again as something where you really feel safe and you feel seen that has to do with sexuality, sensuality, but it also really is primarily the relationship of you and you. Intimacy has to be a relationship with yourself before you share that with anyone else under the context of anything in a physical intimacy self, or indeed as something that is this more spiritual intimacy, this bigger, deeper convergence of the non-physical self and the physical self, if you will. Do you use photography general? Do you use photography when you're teaching people about intimacy or is it that your personal exploration of it? Oh no. Photography is definitely a part of it. I mean, what's beautiful is photography has become such a, uh, omnipresent, tool in everyone's life because of our devices. And I think that that is something that, you know, in, in each person that I work with, I work primarily one-on-one in those coaching sessions that I do by phone all over the globe. So 
because those are one-on-one, I incorporate assignments and different ways that people can tap into to the energy of the feminine, the energy of the masculine, the creative. And so assignments come up that involve photography or writing. Um, and I say assignments loosely. It's very, it's very fun, very playful. Um, but because this is something we all have, um, photography and image making, uh, drawing even can come into that, that there's beautiful ways, music and any curation of anything that taps you into a feeling and a sensation, which is the same way when I'm sitting and wanting to make a portrait with someone, just going back to people being uncomfortable people. And, and even to what Ruben was saying earlier about just like feeling in the inside of that space that is so intimate that how does that actually happen is because I come at it from a perspective of, of unconditionality. I just, I, I, there's no judgment Mm -hmm. there. And also there's a space of wanting, if I was like, Hey, you know, (laughs) the teasing, like just act natural, just relax, you know, that that's not, (laughs) that doesn't help anything. But, (laughs) but for, for me to get into a vibration and really hold steady, that is my holding steady. If I see them being nervous, I can't go soothe them. Mm-hmm. I've got to stay steady in my space and hold, hold the space for them to rise into that best self in them. And that is an, a method that I actually teach in my coaching and I teach in the dance and that I write about a lot. So again, this is all, it's all coming together as me and the common denominator, mm-hmm. that this is about a, a, a presence, a deep and beautiful presence that's pure and it's human. And it, it is, it is it goes across the board, across language barriers, across every barrier that is a perceived barrier that we really are in this oneness space. And, and if we can just appreciate each other in that moment, then there's something really, really authentic comes out, whether that's in sex, whether that's in making a portrait, whether that's picking up your phone and taking a picture of, of your dog. I mean, it's like such an intensity and yet it's so, it's so simple. There is such a simple essence to that as well that's cool this made me easy access (laughs) yeah no i i really like that i like that description and the idea of like holding an energy and for someone else to kind of to join you if they're uncertain they want to know that the ground is stable before they're stepping on new Mm. territory like a new turf new territory i'd like to ask you a question that we ask every photographer it's is there a picture that you have hanging on your wall uh, by another photographer that that you just love, that it is kind of your, uh, your favorite piece that you have in your home? And if so, could you describe it? <laughs> I love this question. I just stood up to go walk to it <laughs> so I can tell you about it. <laughs> I love that you just said that. Hold on a second. <laughs> um, I have this, it's, it's funny, of course it's a portrait mm-hmm. and um, it's a portrait of, of, two people that I have that are, um, it's by my friend, Matthew Pillsbury. And, um, this, this one's actually hanging in its frame and it's, I mean, it's a portrait. I say it's a portrait. Um, but it's a scene he does long exposure and this is from his first series, um, where he, where people were watching their favorite TV shows and he photographed them with an open, lens over the course of the length of the show. And it's, a, it's interesting. It's great. Yeah, it's great. And it's a couple who's the TV is on the fire is burning and they're making love on the couch and you can see it's just a blur of bodies, but it's this beautiful little portrait of a moment that people have, people have been inside of these moments. And this was, this was made 
let's see, probably in 2002 or so. Um, so it's from his series, um, time frame, I think That's it's called, but cool. I hope you'll I think share that, that one's beautiful. Uh, we'll put that in our show notes. I'd totally yeah. love to see that. And the, and the other one is the, uh, it's not one that I own, but it's one I aspire to own is of, uh, Katie Grannon from her Westerners book. And it's a picture called Claire burned and it's a woman that's in the sand and she's laying with a white, um, like frock over her body and it's the turn of her hand and this beautiful expression she has in her face and her body's just sort of crumpled inside of the sand. I think it's one of my most favorite photographs besides everything Peter Hujar's ever made, which I also have <laughs> laying around the house everywhere. My, my house is full of art. Do you have any pictures on your walls that you are from your photography? That are up. Yes, of what, course. What's your yes. favorite that's up? We'll, we'll use that as our icon of the show. Oh my gosh. I'm not sure it's appropriate for all eyes, but <laughs> there's, okay. there's, there's two, there's two in this room, but I'll, I'll describe this one that I love so much that's on my mantle. And it's a picture of a man I met in Spain who I saw, I was in my hotel room and I looked down and I saw him having a beer with friends and I mean, I immediately thought I want to photograph that person. And I went downstairs and I went and approached the table. I was nervous. And, uh, we all went dancing later that evening. We all had a dinner together and then went dancing. And then the next day I was leaving in the afternoon and he, you know, we had this moment of like having uh, playfulness and fun. And it was all very friendly and wonderful. And he was also an artist. And so through that time, it was, it was like the next morning that he came and in, in to my hotel and this hotel was great. It had six or seven twin beds all over the room. And it was a, a hostel <laughs> of some kind. It was the most incredible, warm Spanish light. We were in Madrid and, and he came in and, and we had this multiple hour photo session where it was just this conversation and this disrobing one layer, emotional layer and, and physical clothing layer at a time. And it was one of the most intimate, one of the most beautiful and profound conversations and somebody that I've, you know, of course stayed in touch with over the years because we developed such a, such an intensity together in conversation in, um, in truth and in just meeting as, as strangers. Cause we had a language barrier and we didn't, we didn't have, you know, it's not, it's not like we were longtime friends. We had just spent a total of 12 total hours together. And so it's one of my favorite images because there's such a vulnerability to him and inside of this very masculine person and also this very soft, receptive, uh, feminine energy, which I find to be really fun, uh, to play with. So that image is, is a favorite of mine. And I love the colors. They're very fleshy and beautiful. I love that. If you could use one word to describe your photography, what word would that be? Seductive. Oh, I like that. I think that's right. That feels right. Yeah. Good one. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what, <laughs> I think that's the aspect that I resonated with when I first saw your work, you know, at PhotoFest, there was a lot of stuff that was beautiful, but not intimate. And then there, I saw your photographs and it was great. It's like the gaze, like there's such an intensity to the gaze in all of her subjects. It's really stunning. Rachel, this has been great. Um, I would, I hate to wrap up because we could talk all day. Um, maybe you'll be on again. You game for I that? I would love to. Yes, of course. I'm honored. Thank you. I really appreciate the conversation. It's fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, 
Our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco. Go to neomodern.com slash podcast to get show notes, see photos, and post comments. Please leave reviews and ratings on iTunes, and don't forget to subscribe. A special thanks to Rachel, our guest. Thank you. Um, we get Thank new you. listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. If you know someone who might get something from us, send them a link. Uh, also, thank you to Mitchell Foreman for our theme music and all of you for hanging out with us. We appreciate your attention and hope we've given you some things to think about. Until next time.